Welcome to Conscious Consumption. I'm Isabella Rosley, and this episode is going to go over impulse buying, something I'm sure we're all familiar with because everyone has participated in it. It's very common. Um, it's, you know, brands are really pushing it on us, but it's also us just wanting that instant gratification. Um, so it's pretty common these days, especially just because the urgency that's placed on products, you know, saying brands will say it's like a special offer or another common thing is like confirm shaming, like no thanks, I'd rather pay full price or whatever. Um, I was talking to my coworker, she's new and she just moved here from Alabama and She's saying, you know, she's from a very well-off family and she's never really had to be super money cautious, but now she's moved to Colorado on her own and she's going to have to start paying her own rent and she's going to have to, you know, be a bit more frugal or even just the slightest bit frugal because I don't think she ever has been. And she's, she admitted, she's like, I never really learned the value of money. And, um, you know, this got me thinking, you know, about how everyone's relationship with money and like, you know, just how a lot of us don't really understand the value of money. Like, what is it? And, you know, for some people it's, you know, the value of money reflects how much work they're doing in relation to the money they're earning in a certain time or, you know, something along those lines. And so my coworker and I were talking a bit more and she was saying how she wants to start, you know, being more, money conscious but she was telling me about these new shoes she really really wanted to order and they were from Prada they're white Prada sandals and I was like well I don't really think you should get those if you haven't paid your sister her rent yet she's like I know but my sister is pretty flexible and I really really want them and I'm like I mean I'm not gonna tell you how to spend your money of course like do whatever you want but if you are trying to be more money conscious then buying those shoes probably wouldn't be the best start but, you know, she did buy them and she was told herself, you know, I could always return them uh, if they're not great. Like, it's OK. Um, you know, her mind was like telling her like to just do it. Just buy the shoes. You know, you're going to love them. And if you don't return them. So she bought the course. And then, of course, she felt like some guilt from the purchase because, you know, buying something so expensive when you know you have other responsibilities to fulfill, like, which many, many of us do, I feel like. We buy things and then we experience, like, shopper's guilt because we're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have bought that. Even though in the moment it was really exciting and fun, like, then you kind of feel bad about it. Um, and then the next week she was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have bought my Prada shoes, but they are really cute. And I think we all struggle with our impulses and our rational decision-making, Despite that she needed to pay rent, she knew her sister, her landlord, would be flexible, so she couldn't resist the temptation of buying costly Prada shoes. And she justified this purchase by saying that she might be able to return them if they aren't great for her. And she just started telling herself, like, I have to have these shoes. Like, I really, really want them. Like, it'll be fine. I'll buy it. I'll figure it out after. It's fine. And this situation illustrates the common struggle between the lure of instant gratification and the consideration of long-term responsibilities. People can sometimes give in to impulses only to later recognize the impracticality or undesirability of their choices. And it serves as a reminder that managing such impulses and striking a balance between immediate desires and future needs is an ongoing challenge for so many of us. 
And then I was talking to my mom later, and she was telling me, she's visiting me, she wanted to see me before I move, which is so fun, and my dad too. And she's pretty frugal, but she is so bad at resisting a good deal. Oh my goodness. She just, she loves a good sale. So back home in Chicago, there's a store called Last Chance, and this is like the Nordstrom Rack of Nordstrom Rack, so even greater discounts. And this just insane deals on like decent quality products. Um, and by having another discount store, Nordstrom is preventing more of their unsold items going into landfills, which is great. But obviously, they're just producing way too much stuff if they have so much of it discounted. Um, well, my mom went to the store a couple of weeks ago and bought six pairs of shoes, claiming she never buys herself new shoes. And then the next week, she goes back with my Aunt Rosie, who is quite the shopaholic I will say and she bought six more pairs and I said mom clearly you aren't listening to my podcast she's like Isabella they are such great quality like good deals so I asked like why did you need 12 like I get getting one or two maybe even three pairs but 12 is absurd you know where is she even going to wear all these shoes or put them like the whole point of it was just that she got a good deal so she couldn't resist I was like, Mom, you need to send me a photo every single time you're wearing one of those shoes, and maybe that'll encourage you to wear them, because I can't imagine, like, eh, it's just ridiculous, and she's one of those people who will buy the same pair in, like, a couple colors if she, like, loves a shoe, which, I don't know, anyways, and she's like, they're such good quality, I'm, like, looking at the shoes, I'm like, Mom, those are not such good quality, you just think they are, but they're not, like, they're not, um, the shoes that she did have, that she has been wearing for a long time, those are good quality, because, she bought those 20 years ago when the quality was still really great, you know. Um, but I feel like it's almost that these deals that retailers offer give us permission to justify our spending to some extent. You know, we're like, this is such a good deal. I'm going to do it. Like, whatever. Just not even think about it. I was talking to my dad about this after, and he was he has his strong opinion. So he's a financial advisor it's very, very good at saving, very frugal. My mom's usually really frugal too, but it's just when there's a good deal that she forgets all, all about that. And he always likes to joke that the credit card's the devil because it gets people to do things that aren't in their best interest and they aren't conscious of it. And that is impulse buying. Most of what people buy are not huge decisions. You know, you're, it's pretty hard to impulsively buy a car or a house or a boat or whatever. I mean, maybe, but majority of those impulse buys are fashion items or like just random products kind of around the house you know and when we get those department store credit cards or whatever and they'd have that marketing tactic of like 20% off if you get the credit card you're like oh my god I'm gonna get this and save so much money but you know you'd save even more if you just didn't spend it um and we just stop thinking about consequences when we're making these impulse buys and you know, that can cause a lot of problems with relationships at the end of the month when the bill comes in. A lot of relationships struggle with this because, you know, people don't want to tell their significant other, like, hey, you spent, like, a ridiculous amount this month on, like, clothes or just things you didn't need. And, like, yeah, that just causes a lot of issues. And if you re- are able to resist those impulse buys, you'll be able to kind of recognize how much money you're saving. Um So I was reading this online study that went over consumers, you know, feelings as they're going through the impulse buying process. And the first one was escapism and then pleasure, rewards, scarcity, security, and anticipation. 
And, you know, when we're bored, I'll just give like an overview of what I learned, I guess. So when we're bored, we kind of will just fill our time and our headspace with shopping. We'll just online shop, really. Like, And I used to do it, too, when I was in class. I remember in high school, I, was, I had my credit card number or my debit card number remember, memorized, and I would just scroll through and just add things to my cart, sometimes buy things, sometimes not. But, like, I still was just so much more satisfied and entertained while I was online shopping. This wasn't just in school. In any free time, maybe you're after work, you're bored, so you just online shop and whatever. Like, oh, I just had a really long day. Like, I just want to fill my mind with this. Um, And then there's also the idea that, like, if we purchase something, we're going to feel better. It's almost like a sort of medicine to us. Well... But it's only temporary, you know? Like, it's just, like, that instant gratification. And then there's also the idea of, like, the limited time. So we must have this now before it's too late. Like, the sale is limited. Like, it's just now. This is the biggest sale of the year. This is the time to buy. Um, and then, like, there's the feeling of confidence after. Like, that you you know you'll be satisfied. And that's, like, a secure feeling. And, you're, you know, you're happy at the end of the day. But, um... In reality, like, obviously, there we have to be more conscious than that because as consumers, our purchasing decisions obviously make a big deal. And it doesn't seem like that because we're just one person, but, of course, all of our purchases add up as, you know, citizens or as people on this planet, I guess I should say, um... So I was talking to my dad about his, like, budgeting tactics, and he was telling me, and I'm really thankful for my dad because he is such a good saver, and he was telling me about how he's paid for me and my siblings' colleges, and that was, I'm so appreciative of that. And he said he started out by just saving $50, um, $50 a month only. That's all he had. That's all he could afford when he was, like, in his 20s, mid-20s, starting to save. And then that he slowly started saving more and more, and he just never took from it, and eventually he just started adding up, and then he could pay these ridiculous college prices. I've got some international listeners, and I'm sure you've heard that college in America is so expensive. It's literally like $20,000 for one semester, and you need four years of it, which is crazy. Um, So anyways, what my dad was saying that he started to do was have a fixed amount of spending, which helps you prioritize what you want to spend your money on. And that's different for everyone. You know, there are some people who will want their coffee every single day, or there are some people that will would rather have no coffee and just buy a really nice pair of shoes, or some people that will have nothing and just go on a vacation. You know, different. We all have our own priorities, and that's great. But having, like, a fixed amount each week, maybe you have a budget of 500 a week or something, that will help you. And he, he used to do cash. He doesn't do that anymore. He's in different, definitely a way different financial position from when he started doing these fixed amounts of spending, um, which was more like right out of college. Um, but then you get to stop and think like how things are adding up. But you, and you can tell that with the fixed amount structure. So that's a fun idea. If anyone's looking to try saving, you could try that. Um <laughs> Like, I get it. We all struggle with our impulse buying because the media literally wants us to buy more and we want to fit into these social structures and we want to look good for ourselves and others. And we're inspired by other people. You know, we see people wearing something that you're, you want it all of a sudden. And I totally understand that. That's how it is. But that's something we need to 
you know, we can acknowledge that and then realize we don't want to do that anymore. And once we reach, you know, that stage where we can incorporate practices, um, you know, just where you take a moment to think before you actually buy. This is so I'd say one of the best ways to like resist your impulse buying is just like breathing before and like counting and then imagining yourself like count to like one two three four five like do I really want this and then think to yourself is there something else in my closet that I could wear instead of that I'd want to wear more or like is there something I'm saving for like do I ever want to go on a trip because if I do I should probably just keep saying no to these purchases and eventually it'll add up to a ticket or whatever and by doing this, we become better equipped to like resist the urge for impulse buys that only offer us instant gratification. That we that and that fades, that fades away. Um, another thing we can of course consider before making an impulsive buy is you know the ethics behind the product. Is the company that is sourcing whatever we want transparent about their supply chain and wages and all of that? You know. Where is this coming from? Do I want my money to support this company? That's always something that I think about when I before making purchases. And my coworker that I was talking about earlier, she like asked me, she's like, do you feel bad about your purchases? And I said, you know, when I bought, like in my last podcast, I talked about these pants that I bought, my first like firsthand purchase in a really long time. And I was like, no, I don't feel bad about that purchase. At first I was super excited about it and happy and then for a second I was like oh maybe I shouldn't have and then I was like you know what it's okay I haven't bought myself a new thing in so long and the quality of these pants are insane they were ethically sourced I know about the transparency of the company like I felt good about my purchase and you don't usually feel good about a purchase if it's an impulse buy I sat and I waited for these pants for a few days before I bought them and just taking a couple of days before you buy something makes all the difference because you can actually take time to like think if you really need that or if you've already forgotten about it then don't get it but if you're still thinking about it you know that justifies the purchase a lot more kind of just depends I feel like for every person um but you have to recognize that these impulse purchases are driven solely by emotions and not logic and you have to you know, want to change that behavior and, you know, base your purchases on actual needs rather than just desire is another factor to consider. And that will hopefully help individuals decrease their purchases because we all are buying way too much, frankly. Like, that's why there's so many things being produced right now in the world and so many landfills filled with clothes. We have to, you know take control over our purchasing decisions we can't just like play into our emotions all the time when we're buying things that's ridiculous and we have to grow beyond that we have to recognize that and want to um some more tips for managing impulses you know just being mindful of the environments you expose yourself to and taking control of your surroundings and visuals and seeking like-minded individuals, wanting to surround yourself with people that are trying to be more conscious is really important. Like getting out of the majority of people in the world that are just buying things just because like, you know, you can do your own thing, make your own decisions. You don't have to conform. You don't have to do that. That's just what we naturally do. But, you know, 
we can attend to our fundamental needs more, you know, stay attuned to our body, including like, you know, energy levels, hunger, thirst, tightness, and mood. Buying things, buying clothes does nothing for any of that stuff except your mood, but like, you know, focusing on other things that will give you instant gratification too, but also more than just instant gratification, like having, you know, a healthy juice, buying like something that will actually do something good for you or like going to a yoga class or doing an at-home workout will release endorphins and make you feel really good and it'll be a lasting goodness rather than just more, um, you know, clothes. There's so much clothes in the world right now, guys, and we are just encouraging the production of more by like purchasing impulsively. Um we want to like engage in activities that actually address these sensations to maintain a balanced state for ourselves and just be more, you know, aware of what is, what is good for us and what is going to have a lasting positive impact in our lives. So before I close this podcast out, I want to thank you guys for listening. And like I always like to do share a little, personal story about what's going on in my life and so like I mentioned I'm with my family and so I've been I've been living with my brother recently and I've and one of his friends from home and that was just three months we just like moved out and everything though so it's been a crazy time that's why yeah I've been a little stressed but um I was really frustrated with him because he moved... I let him move into my fully furnished house in my college town. And one of my old roommates left her stuff there and I had my stuff there. So we just let them use all of our things. And I was so frustrated because they weren't helping me pack everything up. So I had to do it all myself. And they are like, well, none of it's ours. And I was like, well, you guys have been using it. You've been using it for months and you've been using it for free. I mean, they paid their rent for the house, obviously. But it's not like we had them pay us to use all of our kitchen appliances or my TV or like anything. Of course, I'm not going to charge them for that stuff. But I would expect some help with packing it up. But they're like, well, none of it's ours, so we're not going to. And I was so frustrated. And I couldn't figure out how to like address these concerns to my brother because he was just snapping back at me. And I was like, whoa, I... So I just went for a swim at the reservoir nearby and I swam and I had a great time and I just relaxed and I reminded myself I can only control how I react to the situation and I don't want to suffer and I don't want to feel angry and annoyed. So all I can do is focus on my reaction because that's the only thing I can control, my own reaction. So I just decided, whatever, I good thing I'm capable of packing this house up myself, like, that's badass of me, like, I can do it, it's fine, I'm not gonna be frustrated, because then I'll be suffering, and I don't want to suffer, like, so I, like, kind of addressed that, and then was able to move on, and that was great, because I was, I can't just sit around being frustrated and angry, because people aren't doing what I want them to do, or, like, because he doesn't naturally feel obligated to help, you know, that's on him, that's not on me, like, (laughs) so, yeah, that was a cool realization for me, because I want to, so when I was living in Thailand a few months ago, with the host family, my Thai mom talked to me a lot about, you know, Buddhism and suffering, and how you have to just let it go, and 
that's the only way you can be free and reach nirvana and all that. And I just want to be free and I want to be happy and I want to feel like I have some control over, yeah, how I react and my emotions and what triggers me and how, you know, my suffering and, you know, I really appreciate that when I do suffer, I can appreciate when I'm not suffering even more. And that's the whole no mud, no lotus thing. You got to go through the, the bad stuff to appreciate the good stuff and also just acknowledge the bad stuff and be able to move past it if you don't want it. If it doesn't serve you, like you got to let go of it. And that's been cool for me to actually practice that in my day-to-day life because it's really easy to get frustrated with people for not doing what you want them to do. But you have no control over what they do, obviously. So just focusing on myself was is really helpful, of course, always. Um, and also figuring out how to calmly communicate with family can be really frustrating and hard. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, but I just wanted to share a little bit about that with me. I'm sure we all have our struggles with our family and moving stuff is stressful for everyone. Like moving a house is a lot of work and I fully furnished the whole thing myself. So that was a lot of work, but luckily we just, we got done. Yesterday was move out day all as well. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. I appreciate you.